0: My spirit has always existed as Nehio. Before I came Urside, I was Nehio, and since I've been born, I've been Nehio. I will always be a Nehio Iskwayo. And on this journey through time, laws, and settler migration, I've felt distance between myself and what it means to be a Nehio. Our knowledge systems have hid, and they've been damaged. Because of this, I have a deep-rooted urgency and responsibility to reclaim my ancestral language, to speak Nehewewin into the world and to watch it dance through the sky. And that's why we're doing this series, the Endangered Indigenous Languages Project.
1: Over the next four weeks, we'll be releasing a four-part series that shines a light on the Wind speakers, learners, and revitalization efforts.
0: Our guests come from all across the West, some raised in their language and some coming back to it.
1: In this series, we'll dive deep into each of our guests' relationship with the language, their culture, and the land. while
0: we'll sharing Cree words
1: and phrases along the way. We hope that you enjoy this project and cherish the conversations we had found purpose and responsibility within their words and stories, a responsibility to preserve our language for future generations.
0: Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this series, Kinesco Minta Now. Hello, and welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. We are currently in our second episode of our language revitalization series, and we are excited to be able to have our guest on today and have a very wonderful conversation with her.
1: Yes, I'm super excited for today's guest. Um, we are sitting down with our kin from the west. Her name is Skyder DeRocher. So Skye is a two-spirit bush queen from the Fishing Lake Métis Settlement in Treaty 6 territory. She is an author of The Spirits of the Northern Lights, a podcaster at the language revitalization across the nation, and a creator of the Cree language change.
0: In this conversation, we sit down with her and we talk about a triad of many things. We talk about what it means to return to the language, the Cree language, and what it means to use social media because she's started this very famous TikTok now that's growing and growing and she's using it as a platform to expose other Cree learners to the language. And so what it means to use social media as a tool in our own language journeys. We talk about, she shares stories about how she is messed up when she is speaking or teaching Cree and how words sound the same or spelled the same, but they're very different. And then we go on to talk about how it is a space, a safe space in terms of Cree language learners to mess up. And independently, if you're learning the language yourself, to be able to not be afraid of saying things wrong because it's a part of the learning process. And even fluent speakers don't say Cree words 100 percent all of the time. And so just being able to be okay with that space. And then lastly, we talk about the role of indigenous youth and youth in language revitalization and how that's a very important thing. And this conversation with Sky was one of my absolute favorites. I've been really grateful for this language revitalization series and being able to do it and having a theme around a couple episodes that's pushing us kind of out of our comfort zone, but also to really have meaningful conversations with something that lays really close to my heart in terms of relearning my Cree language and being able to reconnect to my Cree identity and I think Alicia as well so this conversation offers a lot of self-reflection and I'm grateful to have it and I hope you guys enjoy. So Sky, do you want to introduce yourself in any way you feel most comfortable and confident in?
2: Yes, I can introduce myself in Cree. So, Atanse, Sky, Nitsi Garson, Pakjuan Sikotsenia, Egwa Nitoa Sik. Uh, I want to say Nahiawe. Uh, ski. I know I butchered that last part. <laughs> uh, I've been learning. So, hello, my name is Skye. I've been learning Cree for six years. I'm not fluent by any means. And I'm from Fishing Lake Métis Settlement. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Wonderful. Our, Our mom, mom is from Fishing
0: Lake oh really yeah Yeah. our mortuna roots go back there but she got adopted out but her biological family comes from fishing lake oh cool
2: connected yeah super cool
0: and you're living outside of edmonton and i know that you're
1: in your home community i just don't want to butcher the name
0: (laughs) yeah no worries cool um when you said when you're like i don't when i'm also a second language learner very much earlier on in my journey i did like a semester in the fall but when i go to say like nehewe win or like neheya i'm always like what nehe wait 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 win?" <laughs> so yeah.
1: yeah it's really beautiful to, to hear, hear you N-he-we-win. speak oh we win <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to kind of watch you on your journey. Um, Sky and I have been connected over social media for years. I don't even know how we kind of, I, I don't know if we've ever met in person um, or why we've had <clears throat> we had each other but I've kind of watched her um go down the language um and relearning her language and then as well as like sharing everything on social media and I actually reached out to her I think a few years ago um to ask some words in Cree and Mm. so that's kind of like our relationship so it's been a lot of virtual and tonight we're meeting on zoom as well so um it's really cool to kind of see the connections that we've been able to make um along this journey
0: actually initially when you're like i want to have sky on the podcast for this language thing and i was like okay i like i have followed you on instagram for like so long under the cree language challenge and then it wasn't until like i went to start doing like some research for the episode and i'm like oh I was like, it's like it's this girl you know like <laughs> i have you on social media so it's it a small world but also goes to show your influence out there in the digital age Mm -hmm. and it's so cool to see um you're
1: taking like a really uh, modern twist but also incorporating the language with um, utilizing social media and your TikTok and Instagram Um, and so do you want to tell us a little bit about how you kind of got into that and sharing um, the social media side of it
2: yeah no I totally can so I think that When I first started doing social media, um, it wasn't for like actually to be like a influencer (laughs) or anything like that. Um, It has more humble roots than that, I think. Um, So I went to school for Cree originally and our third year we did a class called social media and like Cree, so it talked about like the idea of bringing Cree to social media and what that could look like. And one of our assignments was to actually make a social media Mm -hmm. and specifically use like hashtags in Cree, um, make Cree specific content and what that would look like. And so I did. And we were it was like supposed to be kind of like this a month long kind of experiment, I think, just to see like what it could look like. And so I originally chose Instagram and I was like, okay, I'll make a Cree Instagram like whatever. And so I would just post like little things on there and use like little hashtags and um I ended up like in my first month I ended up gaining like 23 followers and I was like <laughs> oh my god like people like know I'm out there <laughs> it is <was>, like <laughs> so once like I got graded and everything like you know pretty much it was like you know it's your thing if you want to keep it keep it if you want to keep going with it like go with it um but it's totally up to you and I was like okay so I kind of felt like obligated to like these 23 people on <laughs> me on Instagram <laughs> and I was like you know I can't leave the, these folks hanging so you know maybe I'll post stuff once a week so and that's kind of how it started and that was about like three years ago
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you know it kind of Flourished from there, where um, people started asking for uh, au- like more audio or more video, and I was like, okay. And that's when like, you know, I knew TikTok was a thing, but I was like, eh, I don't really want to use TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok's like for like little kids and dances and stuff. So I was like, okay. So, but it was TikTok was so much more easier to use than uh, Instagram mm-hmm. because Instagram will put you on a reel and then it targets audiences that aren't even your audience which is um very so you're like losing your entire audience so it's very interesting so i just started using tiktok and then downloading those videos and then
0: posting Uh them on my instagram so That's awesome. That's Um, where it started. That's where you got me because I don't, I'm not on TikTok. I, I (laughs) like to maybe try to keep it that way because I know it's going to be a very far downward spiral, but everybody, I feel like uploads their TikToks to Instagram anyway. So Mm -hmm. I still feel very in the loop and on Facebook too. So you have like a really good presence of like sharing
1: this language, um, across all of these social medias platforms and really getting that attention um I just kind of want to go back a little bit um when (laughs) take us back take us back a little bit about I guess like can you tell us a little bit about yourself um the importance of like why you wanted to relearn your language um and what was that journey
0: yeah kind of like did you grow up with any language speakers or in your community or um yeah kind of what where are your roots (laughs)
2: uh yeah so I come from a long history of uh language speakers um my mom is a fluent Cree speaker and my grandparents were also fluent and my dad wasn't fluent but he can probably realistically pass as more way more fluent than I can (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yeah so I just was a straight up English speaker till the age of Gotta be about twenty five, okay. <laughs> and I never really thought about like learning Cree or anything like that. Um, it just kind of happened one day, you know. Yeah, you know, living in my community, I always heard it growing up. Always, it was always uh, all the time. You'd hear people talk in Cree and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and. I really, I went to Blue Quills University one day because I was decided that I wanted to go back to school and I was like, you know what, I really like this Indigenous art program that they have there. I'm going to go check it out. So I went there with my sister and she pretty much was like, check it out, like, let's look at some of the other programs and... So what happened was is that they weren't offering the Indigenous art program that year. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. So then I was like, well, peace. (laughs) I'm leaving. You guys don't have what I want to hear about. And they were like, well, like, do you speak Cree? And I was like, no, but my mom does. And my sister was like, Oh, that's so cool. And started asking more about the program. And I was like, okay, like, you know, why you gotta ask all these questions? <laughs> and they were like, you know, why don't you st- um she's pretty much like, you know, you can just do a year certificate, like, and then maybe we'll offer the other one next year. So I was like, oh, okay. So I ended up applying for my first year in Cree. And I was like, you know, it's a year,
0: mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. why
2: not? try it out mm-hmm. see what happens <laughs> and i told them straight up like i am not affluent like <laughs> yeah <laughs> <I> expect nothing <laughs> um so they were totally okay with that and they're like no worries like we'll teach you and like we'll see how it goes we'll see how you feel in a year
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i was like okay and th- that's where it started <laughs> wow so how long was your degree <laughs> like, it's like I gotta say, like 2019. Oh, okay,
0: so yeah. about four years.
2: Um, yeah, a couple of years ago or 2020. I don't know. It feels like forever ago.
0: <laughs> did your parents or like your family speak Korean in the house when you were growing up? Like, did you could you understand it?
2: Uh, they spoke Korean in the house, but I never understood it. And I think it comes down to like that whole thing of. Um, You know, we see this a lot in native households where your parents are fluent, but you're not fluent for the simple reason that your parents don't want you to speak. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, because of colonizations. It's because of shame. It's because, you know, they got made fun of as kids. It's, you know, all this all these traumas that happened to our parents and, you know, that's how come I always say, um, some people will ask me, like, do you ever blame your parents for not being fluent? It's like, no, God, no. Mm-mm. I do not blame anybody for the reason that I am not fluent. I am not fluent because of colonization.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did your mom think about you, uh, like, getting your degree in the Cree language then? Uh,
2: <laughs> I think that my mom... <laughs> I don't think she was a fan at first you know Mm -hmm. I don't think that my mom liked the idea of me learning Cree because I don't know because like a lot of reasons right Mm -hmm. um and I I don't know I always feel like our parents have like these unrealistic expectations of us like you could have been a doctor (laughs) okay calm down (laughs) Uh, I will not be. <laughs> you don't want me. You open. Uh, but you know when I was like, "Mom, I'm gonna get my degree in and She was like, "Oh, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> know,"
0: I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "You know, great." <laughs> so, um, I feel like but, my yeah. mom would have been like, "I just speak it. Why do you need a degree in it?" <laughs> yeah
2: oh yeah I think that was actually one of her questions is like why do you need a degree in it and I was like so I can read and write it something that a lot of speakers can't do so it's like
1: (laughs) um so I guess like because you weren't really even too sure like you kind of just stepped into this um you know you you applied on a year base and then you kind of now now it's your full-time you know you're you're into it um so when did you kind of realize that it was like super important to relearn this language and and to kind of carry and have that responsibility
2: oh man i think one day i was in the community and i realized everybody speaks english something that when i was a kid like barely anybody spoke english like they would speak mm-hmm. english but like when you were speaking to like younger folks you would speak english But when it was them conversating together, it was like a massive group of people speaking Cree and the kids would be running around. But now I noticed that, you know, it's like a huge, like, you know, you got four tables of people speaking just English. And then you got this one little table on the back speaking
0: Cree. Mm -hmm.
2: Because all the Cree speakers want to conversate together. But now it's kind of like more or less isolating for them because they can only conversate within themselves now. Mm -hmm. Like they can't. Um, Like, we can't conversate with them, which is really hard as well.
0: Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like a lot of my Cree language learning journey is, like, rooted in this idea that a lot of things can't be translated or there's a lot of deeper meaning. And it's, like, so interwoven with our culture. And those are things I just can't understand. And so do you find throughout learning your language that you're coming to learn new things about the culture or about these like deeper meanings of what it means to be a nehiya woman
2: Ah, uh, yeah actually i remember my one elder eugene cardinal who used to teach me a lot he passed away now but i remember he gave me this one really good lesson one time and it was One of the words was animate so in cree this word is alive and it was like something like pants or like a spoon but it Mm -hmm. was alive in cree and i i couldn't understand it because i was like in english like you know Mm -hmm. that's just a pair of pants like that's so i was just like sitting there and i was getting so frustrated and i was like why like why is this the way it is like why is cree so complicated like this and he is like, you know, he's like, you question everything because he's like, you know, colonial systems make you question everything like it isn't real or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, with Cree, it just is. And he's like, there's no, there's no reason why we don't question why it's alive. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's, this language is like, like 400 years old, mm-hmm. you know, we don't question it. So he's like, you got to put yourself in the mindset of like as an indigenous person speaking an indigenous language, you know, you believe that Pants is alive because that's what, like, the language says. And wh- who are we to question, like, you know, mm-hmm. a 400-year-old language? And I was like, whoa, like, okay. And I was like, and after that, I was like, okay, I'm never going to question Cree again. <laughs> it just is. And, but it it just is and that's what i tell people all the time when people ask me to translate stuff for them or you know ask me to translate certain things for them um i remember somebody asked me one time about translating the word land back and Mm -hmm. i was like honestly i can't translate that for you because for the simple fact that we don't own the land Mm -hmm. we're just here we're just stewards of the land i was like you can't I was like so i was like you're gonna have to think of a less like you're gonna have to think of something else and you know this person was like kind of frustrated that i said Mm -hmm. that but i was like it just is like i can't translate that for you and i was like you can ask any other speaker but they're going to tell you about the same thing i was like there is no way to translate land back because we simply don't own the land
0: Mm -hmm. that's very interesting like coming at that from a language perspective does that then shape how you see this land back movement like if you think of on it like kind of if you like dive into it be like land back is like a very large thing right now about how um about how we should be able to practice our, our traditional rights and all of these things but if we are saying land back and that is like in a sense, trying to explain that we want the land back in a possess possessive kind of way, then is, that's not honoring, like, kind of the whole point of it.
2: Yeah, and then it gets into that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. As Indigenous people, of course, we want our own traditional lands. Of course, we want, you know, um, we want hunting and stuff like that. But I think also as Indigenous people... I think when we say the like things like land back and stuff like that. um, My whole thought is, is like, okay, hypothetically, if we get the land back, are we really going to then give up a lot of the luxuries Mm -hmm. of mainstream stream society then and Mm -hmm. really go back to the way it was and like,
0: for the we most lost
2: a lot of knowledge through colonization so it's mm-hmm. like i don't know i think I for think, the f- yeah it's for- a very interesting thing
1: mhm seen um there was a. I don't know for sure what I can't say off the top of my head what it was, but there was a post and it's like land back means this, like the teachings, the access to culture, those those things, like, not necessarily giving the land back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I I there is I, I should look for it because it would relate a lot, but it was it was it was shared on social and it really put it into a different perspective to me because I think I've always like thought about this like land back, like I was like, well, what what. Do you, what are we going to do with it? Like seeing seeing it as a possession? Yeah. Like I'm like, what are you supposed to be? Like I just, I, and I had such a hard time kind of wrapping my head around this movement. Mm -hmm. And then I'd seen that somebody had posted it and it went into great detail. And I was like, it kind of made me think differently about it. Um, But I'll have to look for the post because I don't want to butcher it any Mm -hmm. further than I am right now.
0: (laughs) I think it's like a good thing that like, I don't know, the story you just told is like making me think on a deeper level of like, in a simple way like it can't be translated and then that is like another way that the language just is our teacher like Mm -hmm. it is not it's not a physical entity teaching us well no the language is alive so it is but it is just a teacher through being and that's I think like a super cool thing and a a super interesting part of the journey of like returning to the language and exploring what it means Mm -hmm. to be a speaker so thank you for sharing that story Mm-hmm. It got me
1: thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in Lexi's eyes. She's like, wow. <laughs> um, like, I know there's so much stuff that's lost in translation um, with Cree and I've never experienced it with the Cree languages. I'm not a speaker. Um, I was in, I went to El Salvador and I was, you know, on this trip uh, for 17 days and they, we only had translators for Spanish, but so much that the translator was saying like was lost in translation, um, like going through like that uh, um <clears throat> language and it was intense because she would kind of translate it to us, like what, the pieces were missed and it changed the entire story. It changed absolutely everything about that story from where she could try to translate it um, in the way that she knew, but their translator was just quick to like say English. Um, And so do you find that like, that's the same with, I guess, Cree as well?
2: Yeah, I do think so. I think that um, we do miss quite a bit when, especially when we talk about teachings like on like on my um, I think a lot of people will notice that on my social medias in particular I don't ever talk about culture like Mm -hmm. really specifically I won't go into cultural specific things and that there's a reason for that because when I speak English and I'm trying to talk about um, things that have to do with culture or um, things of that nature there's a big miss there there could be a big misinterpretation or even uh, um, mistranslations of what some of those um, cultural items could be so i try to stay away from that area as much as possible i know that a lot of people want to see more of that but i always say you miss a lot you know Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get a whole cultural teaching from a three-minute TikTok one day, like, you're missing a
0: bunch of stuff. <laughs> You gotta look somewhere else for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's that's very good. interesting along, I'm really enjoying having these conversations. We sat down with a cook on Alicia's Reserve called Frida Kuchikum and she was very wise, and she provided us with a lot of teachings within our conversation with her, and I'm, I think in terms, like, my goal with this series was to be able to have conversations where there is like a deep-rooted urgency or a sense of responsibility in returning to the language and being able to um pass it down to the next generations through relearning it ourselves and i am not necessarily learning per se the language in these conversations it's like i'm not sitting down and like learning new vocabulary but i'm learning things in concepts that are making me grasp onto this reason on why it's important in the sense of like just that story got me thinking about like this is how the language is teaching us that like the land can't be owned and that's Mm -hmm. within this teaching and that's why it's so important that we're doing this Mm -hmm. and that's why it's like so important for me and it's because I've read like a lot of academic things on like language revitalization and things like that and they always say like the language is tied to the land or the language is tied to culture or the language is our identity um do you maybe want to touch on whether you've like experienced how relearning the Cree language has impacted your own sense of self or your own identity as a Cree person?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, I always like to say that as Indigenous people who aren't necessarily connected to land, not to land, but to language and to culture, there's, there's a piece missing. And I always say that like for a long time, for myself in particular, um, that there was a piece missing within my own like being as an indigenous person I always felt like you know that I was missing something or I was missing out on something that there's something there that is supposed to be there that isn't and for the longest time like you know I would explore different things like you know you you would explore those things and like maybe experiences like drugs or alcohol or whatever you're just trying to this void that's there that you don't know is there and you don't know why it's there, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And for me, once I got into language, I was like, hmm, this is this is what I'm missing. I'm missing a big part of my identity as an indigenous person. Mm-hmm. And what I might have thought, you know, in my teenage years or my childhood that I didn't think I needed as an adult now I'm like oh my god I can't even I can't even picture my life without Cree actually mm-hmm. I can't picture my life without my culture like it's it's there it's and I'm so grateful that it's there but not everybody has that luxury as I do to get my language to find my language to find myself as a, a whole indigenous person and now I got a I always say, now I got to work for a very long time mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to the level I should be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I always let, I tell people, like, think of it as like, I might be a full grown adult, but in pre terms, I'm in like, grade three. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a lot to learn because I've had this entire time learning things that weren't part of like what my indigenous life was supposed to be you know mm-hmm. so that's my thoughts
0: did you discover that like within you're talking about how you were like i'm just gonna do this for a year did you find this within that first year at blue quills
2: oh yeah
0: and that's kind of like what kept you mm-hmm. kept you going into the second year and the third year
2: Yeah. And I I don't want to say like, you know, it was a breeze. No, like it was hard. (laughs) It's so brutal. (laughs) You know, and um, I just want to say people who take these language programs and stuff like that, I feel like some people that there's a sense of entitlement that like you know I I'm indigenous so I'm entitled to mm-hmm. the language so it should come to me naturally. Um, no, it won't. <laughs> it out, it won't you are gonna struggle so damn hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's also another part of you that's gonna struggle because of um. I've had people bring this up to me multiple times, you know, non-Indigenous people or whatever, like learning language. And they're like, how come it comes so easy to them? And I say it's because we have been traumatized and we have been conditioned not to learn our Indigenous languages. So when we step out of that and say, you know what, I'm going to learn Cree. Mm -hmm. For me to learn Cree, oh, my God, there was one day where I had a good cry for like a good two hours because i simply was so frustrated that i couldn't get it
0: mm-hmm. i was like
2: what do you mean i can't do a basic intro
0: mm-hmm.
2: what do you mean i can't count to 10 like i've heard this language my entire life
0: mm-hmm.
2: what's stopping me from just ke- like just letting it click like but yet, I can sit in on a French class, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can pick that up. <laughs> the it's just like instant barrier, and mm-hmm. it's like, what is going on here? And I say it's because we've been traumatized, we've been conditioned to not learn our language,
1: mm-hmm. and it
2: shows. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it shows.
1: I- I'm really happy that you pointed that out. I was just, like, reflecting on my own, like, university time, and and uh, I took a Cree class, and I never failed a class in university except for the Cree language program, like, the Cree language classes. I failed that class, and I mm-hmm. was, like, so upset because... I'm like, I'm an Indigenous woman. Like, I, <laughs> this is my language. Why can't I get it? Like, why can't I understand it and say it? Like, it was so frustrating. But to know that there, it is like, it, it to have that conditioning, to have that trauma and that colonization really impacting us to, you know, it was a good perspective. So thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like a lot of our listeners will most likely resonate with that.
0: And I think it's like, there's more to it tied for us like there's Mm -hmm. more on the line I think in the Mm -hmm. sense of like if I was just going to go learn French like my entire identity is not tied to French it's like no I want to use French so I can be bilingual and maybe get different jobs it's Mm -hmm. like there's so much more like ancestral pressure almost to be (laughs) like this is like on the line if Mm -hmm. like during this journey (laughs) yeah well it's like our
1: languages are endangered right so
0: Mm-hmm. So what are you doing now that um, you've transitioned out of Blue Quills? I, I saw recently that you're running a Cree language uh, program in your community.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's my side work. Um, so I have a regular <laughs> nine-to-five job. And, but I also do a lot of Cree work on the side. Um, yeah, so I run a mentor apprentice program in my home community and pretty much it's just to like pair up non fluent speakers who want to learn Cree to give them a chance to learn Cree. And I find that a lot of the barriers that they have are a lot of the barriers that I had, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going to get it. Oh, and I, and something that I try to teach my students, because I also teach an online class that you're it's okay to have doubt it's okay to be like oh my god like i'm not gonna get it but i was like the minute that you start saying like you know this is this is where i'm at this is where i'm going I'm gonna learn this language. I was like, if you keep reinforcing yourself with positivity instead of mm-hmm. negativity, I was like, you're mm-hmm. gonna get it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the minute I always say, the minute curry feels like work, you're not gonna want to work for it. Mm-hmm. But if it's fun, if it's you know enticing, then it's like, yes, I'm I'm here for it. So I run a mentor apprentice program. Um, I bring in other people for who are, like, who can read and write. And then we also, I teach them numbers. I um, started recently just doing a Cree class with them weekly just to help boost it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I also, we're also getting, like, cameras and stuff like that. So they're going to record some uh videos and they're going to voice over a little script in Cree so they're going to have a fluent speaker who um coaches them on creating these little videos but i'm also bringing out a videographer to do interviews with all of them and you know talk about language loss and why it is especially mm-hmm. you know for an indigenous community and having I think when I did count, we have only 30 speakers left in our community, which in a community of almost 700 people, like that's Mm -hmm. one.
0: That's not very many at all. No. Wow. Well, I'm like so
1: amazed by you um, and just inspired by you.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Always like when people are like, you do such good work. I'm like, (laughs) I know. It's like the... (laughs) I was like, somebody's going to come humble me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: They're going to tell me I'm saying it wrong. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I I always say that it's, oh, I, I always welcome corrections all Mm -hmm. the time. And the people on TikTok know that Mm -hmm. my uh, people on Instagram know that, that like, I am a hundred percent fine with getting corrected Mm -hmm. because that's the only way I'm going to learn. And, um, you know, there i have a follower on instagram who will like dm me once in a while and be like you said this wrong oh my God. i'm sorry uh his name is neil <laughs> he's uh he's a, he's a fluent speaker and he hasn't he hasn't messaged me in a while so i, I think i'm doing good I'm doing well. but sometimes I'm doing if well. i need help i'll message him <laughs> And uh, there's also another person named Steve on TikTok who will also message me (laughs) or comment on my videos and be like, no, you say it like this. And I'm like, yes, because it's not criticism. Mm -hmm. It's just simply saying, hey, you said this wrong. This is how you would say it or you pluralize this wrong this is how you say it so they don't come at it in a negative way mm-hmm. which i i love that so much because there's too many people who are coming at you like being like oh like wh- why are you talking cree then if you don't know how to talk it right i always <laughs> and people don't even realize that like there are some people who just like actually come for me for no reason that's actually yeah. why i don't have a a, a a facebook specifically dedicated to create because i i don't want to be like i have haters but it's like i have critiquers <laughs> yeah ooh. wow
0: yeah That's. No, i feel like facebook's ruthless <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing gets wow, more those sp- guys are ruthless man <laughs> <laughs> nothing's more spicy than <laughs> the facebook <laughs> comment section <laughs> yeah <laughs> I
2: was like, I'll get destroyed by like all like fluent speakers on Facebook. So I'm like, they can't use Instagram or TikTok. Stay there. I'm scared. Catch me over there. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm really like happy that you are open to credit or just to corrections. Right. I mean, it really shows that you are a lang- second language learner and you're willing that willingness to continue to learn and on your journey and, and knowing that, you know, um, it's a lifelong journey. Um, and it really shows that other people too. I think you, you know, you're showing to other people who are wanting to learn the language that it's okay. Um, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to come naturally um, and just to keep working at it. So it's really inspiring.
2: yeah for sure honestly i always say like you put in the work that you like the work you put in is the work you'll get out of it and i say that's how come i'm not fluent because i'm always slacking off (laughs) (laughs) we just watched your
0: tiktok when you went to go reboot your computer and it's like me chilling out not learning Korean.
1: (laughs) my ancestors are watching
0: (laughs) So <laughs> that's how it honestly feels. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. was <laughs> um, <It's> like <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it earlier that you faced like some of the things that I was facing. You were like, "That's why I set up this Cree mentorship program for the barriers." Um, a lot of Indigenous people are now urban in cities and not connected to the land and necessarily not connected to community um or fluent language speakers what kind of advice would you give to individuals that are interested in coming back to the language but don't necessarily have that support system
2: uh that is such a good question (laughs) um i always say that i'm not an urban indigenous person i grew Mm -hmm. up in the community i grew up you know in the bush so Mm -hmm it's always really hard for me to, like, understand, like, the urban Indigenous experience because Mm -hmm. it's like I've never had to experience, you know, Mm -hmm. not having a community Mm -hmm. and I've never had to experience, you know, being an Indigenous person by yourself in the city, so... I always say, like, don't ever ask me for the urban indigenous <laughs> experience because I don't yeah. have mm-hmm. it. And if I lived in the city for a couple months, like that, don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always have a community to go back to, mm-hmm. which a lot of urban indigenous people don't.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I always say, like, the thing is, is native people are connected to each other. And an elder once told me. No matter where you are, Indigenous people will find each other. Like it'll be in the mm-hmm. most random places, <laughs> but it's a. But he used to say, it's because like we're we're connected to each other, and for some reason, like I don't know if like our Indigenous spidey senses go off, <laughs> and like you know like. Yeah we like another Indigenous person is nearby <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, I My don't know if you guys have ever felt this but I remember one time I was at this conference center and I just was like wow like how many Indigenous people are here I remember asking like the person who was running it and she's like oh man there's like a low count there's like maybe like 10 of you mm-hmm. I was like man like <laughs> A lot of people here, so I was like, well, I'm gonna go sit at this table. And I was just like, you know, indigenous <laughs> people find me. <laughs> Sends and up the signal. One- this one lady came up to my table and was like hey you indigenous i was like yeah and then we started laughing because you know like as native ladies yeah we laugh and you know all of a sudden just like the other indigenous people (laughs) and they're like we heard you guys is laughing so we're like indigenous people are over there (laughs) and it was like the funniest thing and then after that we just never left each each other other Mm. after that
0: for like it's like a cousin radar that's what i always tell like
2: yeah so my whole thing is like make a community for Mm yourself like you know get a i know it's like not super easy to get a space but you know what like um honestly like if you gotta learn cree in the park learn cree in the park like Mm -hmm. you know somebody knows a fluent speaker go give them tobacco you know Mm -hmm. go to them right um a lot of these organizations have especially Indigenous organizations, I think if you ask them, hey, we want a Cree class, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll find somebody, right? So I think Mm -hmm. just using those, uh, but then also trying to create your own community. And Mm -hmm. I know that's easier said than done, of course, otherwise it would currently be done Mm and going and being successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that I think that's why I mainly created my Cree social media and why a lot of other Cree speakers have created their own Cree social medias. I said it's because I really try to get to people that wouldn't have necessarily access to Cree. Mm -hmm. And a lot of urban indigenous people don't have access. And I personally, like, it would be really hard for me to drive three hours to an urban center to go teach a class once a week.
0: Mm -hmm. But if
2: they have access to my to my um tiktoks or to my instagram or whatever like i even post like when classes are happening in Mm -hmm. cities if i know about it and you know i try to get as much information out there as possible but of course like it's always really hard Mm
0: -hmm. so
2: i don't know i think there's not an easy solution for that for this Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: i think when you're like you go to these like indigenous organizations I think most large um, urban centers have a friendship center and that's kind of where my language learning started was like oh this friendship center is offering Cree classes and I think you you Mm -hmm. came with me at that point too hey yeah, and so that was a really nice beginning and I think you can find that in almost any city at this point
1: Mm -hmm. just look on social media right and reach out and um, utilize social media that's what it's here for Mm mm-hmm that's super cool. Um what like I guess like in your journey, um, what has been kinda I guess like your favorite phrase or word or um anything that you just like love like what's kind of something that just feels good to you to say like your favorite thing to say in Cree Oh man. There's
2: so many things I can't say. In Cree. <laughs> 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 but I do have a few favorite words. Um I think I like to I think like a lot of indigenous people I always like the idea of banic, so I always like saying Pagwe again, which is BANIC. Nice Pagwe.
0: Pagwe segun. Pagwe Gwen.
1: That's awesome, I love it. Gun.
0: Gun. Gun. I um <laughs> when I first started learning, the way I would like remember words is like really drawing them out and I would be like uh <laughs> and I'd be like with somebody who knew the language, and like, why you talk like that? <laughs> and I'd be like, wa boy." <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm learning pronunciation still. <laughs> so,
2: what's really interesting that I find is um, I'll get some fluent speakers who are like how do you slow the language down like that? And I'm like, because yes, <laughs> this is how I learn. I read it and, it and then, then this I this is say how it. I teach. <laughs> <laughs> because like when fluent speakers, they say something, they, it's just automatic, like they don't think of the syllables of the word, they mm-hmm. just know it. Mm-hmm. So when they say like, they're like, but when I was saying I was like, gun <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I was like that's how come I
0: could slow it down because I've been struggling here for a long time <laughs> and I think it's like super interesting because you'll get like a lot of um, language speakers and they've never re- you said it earlier they've never written or read the language and the way like I speak it is the way I read it which isn't always necessarily like the best for second language first language learners to understand what I'm saying <laughs> And so I think you put on your on one of your TikToks it's like the Cree language is interesting because you can say like these two words like one is water and the other one is I forget what the, a fly like oh it's a leaf a leaf or the different, leaves yeah <laughs> and it's like the same word but one has a a, a macron on top of it a macron yeah and so that's how I feel but <laughs> yeah your one
1: tiktok too was um it said like when someone asks you to translate something but you accidentally gave him a bad word
2: (laughs) oh man that's uh, i got some embarrassing stories (laughs) do i want to expose myself (laughs) i'm like do you (laughs) want to share (laughs) all right okay yeah well honestly okay how 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 i'm like just trying to think how bad are the words can i say on this
0: <laughs> it's for learning purposes i don't think it's that bad you can go bad you can go it's bad. for learning purposes yes
2: it's for the people um so it's for the, it's what the people
0: want yes. it's, i feel like mm-hmm. this is
2: what my followers would want
0: uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um you said you got to make for Kree my fun <laughs> um
2: so when i teach kriya i like to tell embarrassing stories about myself because you know um <laughs> because i feel like it, it makes people like at ease to learn mm-hmm. or you know you know makes them laugh because it's like man i've embarrassed myself so many times Mm -hmm. like so many times and it's like it happens but i'll tell you this one story about where i my god i've embarrassed myself so many times but i told my mom this story and she like oh my god she's like i can't with you (laughs) And uh, it was when i was at blue quills and you know we're we're translating words and at this time I think I only knew like 10 um 10 Cree words or something like that. So we're supposed to say the word was we're supposed to say I'm short which is nitjimasto. But I said nitsimsen which if you're fluent you would know that I said I have an erection. You <laughs> <I'm> saying that? <laughs> When you're saying that to your sweet elder who is like, you know, 80 years old and, you know, I knew I said something wrong when the minute I said that word, she was like, oh, oh no, no. My poor child. And I was like, but there was in a room of like, this wasn't just me and her conversating. This was like me, her, and like, 15 other people, and I'm so happy that none of them really understood what I said. But it was like three fluent speakers, and they were like, Oh, no. and I was like,
0: Oh no, did you know right away?
2: What did I say? And oh. she wi- she whispered it to me, and she was like, You just told me I haven't a- that you just told me you have an erection. And I was like, Oh, my god like, I was so embarrassed. No, I don't, and I was like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry sorry that i said that to you (laughs) and i never forgot those words again (laughs) they are burned into my memory
1: that is awesome that is so funny thank you so much for sharing that with us
0: it was a learning experience i have more it was a learning and we've learned from you It is a learning experience yeah yeah That is so funny. So as you're you're teaching um, these classes, um, one of your latest Instagram posts mentioned uh, struggling, like you're currently creating Cree resources for the classroom, for different classrooms, which is super cool. The design is wonderful. I looked at them and I was like, I don't know what she made this on, but she's doing a great job. (laughs) I'm super into design, but... (laughs) 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 But um, you talked about imposter syndrome and um, within like being a Cree language teacher, but also being a Cree language learner. And um, so how, what would you tell, what do you tell yourself when you're having these feelings?
2: I think, um, I don't know if there's a way around that, to be honest. Like, it's just something that maybe I'll always feel as a predominantly non-fluent speaker and here. And I always, like, question myself, and I've had, like, other people question me as well, saying, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. you're non-fluent. What? Why should you be creating resources? Why should you be doing, like, all these things when at the?" And it always comes down to the fact that I'm not fluent. And mm-hmm. I can't change the fact that I'm not fluent. Well, I can if I practice more. <laughs> but also, there's just... <laughs> There's just not a lot of resources out there Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, you know, like, in in terms of accessibility. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: as somebody who teaches, as somebody who is learning, and seeing that there is not a whole lot of, like, it's even really hard for me to, like, even for, like, the classroom that I teach in, like, it's super hard to even find basic stuff. Like, I have to go to, mm-hmm. like, the Dollar Tree or the Dollar Store just to create stuff for, for mm-hmm. myself. So, it's, like, a lot of, like that with other people as well. So, that's how come I really want to start creating um, more Cree-esque mm-hmm. <laughs> um, visual aids, like, you know, stuff for the classroom because I think that that's so important and that teachers or just even people in general shouldn't have to go create their own stuff that it should be readily accessible Mm -hmm. for us
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and I think that's the key to you know revitalizing language is by making it more accessible Mm -hmm. but personally I don't know how I'm going to get past that imposter syndrome I always think that I'll feel like an imposter because there's always going to be somebody forever saying that you know you're a non-fluent speaker Mm -hmm. and it's always going to be brought up that I'm not uh First generation speaker, or you mm-hmm. know, a fluent speaker. Like Cree is my first language, and that that's fine. Like mm-hmm. I've I've worked through it. Mm-hmm. Like it can only hurt you so many times. Like, it's <laughs> like yes, I understand that I'm an English speaker. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I know I'll always sound like an English speaker first. I can't change that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think it's, like, important that you're maybe not, like, moving past it, but you're, like, working through it and still continuing to do the work is, like, the most important thing. It's, like, mm-hmm. yes, that impos- imposter syndrome's there, but, like, the, the, the passion to share the language is, like, kind of triumphs over that. Mm-hmm. And that's a super cool thing to see. Yeah.
2: One thing I like to tell people is, yes, I understand that I'm a non-fluent Cree speaker. But at the end of the day, um, I wouldn't have the platform I have. I wouldn't have a lot of the things that I have if people didn't keep asking me for it. Mm -hmm. It's like I do it because people ask me to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's
2: like if I didn't have followers or if I didn't have people in community constantly asking me to help, then yeah maybe I would just learn by myself but I don't Mm -hmm. I have like I'm getting like a slowly a larger and larger platform Mm -hmm. and I think that it's super important to keep this conversation Mm -hmm. going I think
1: it's like really important too like sharing the knowledge like you're sharing what you know and you're, and you're getting what you know now out. And that's, it's so important to be doing. So it starts with baby steps because this language is so intricate that it's going to take levels. And so even though you might not be fluent, you're sharing the what you know and you're not gatekeeping. Yes.
2: I did notice a bit <laughs> gatekeeping of- Gatekeeping and lateral violence.
0: Yeah, right? I noticed a bit of the gatekeeping within even my first semester of, uni- within my own language program through like, here's a resource, but it's copyrighted. Like write it, and we can't really share it with you. And it's like three hundred dollars, and you have to buy it yourself. (laughs) You know, and it's like, but how are we gonna teach people the Cree language if everything is three hundred dollars? We don't got money. (laughs) So
2: okay, now you got me. Uh, I was trying to be nice but okay you know what I think is real BS the what? fact that we pay universities money mm-hmm. for us to have access to our own language like what mm-hmm. the frick is that man? yes I honestly think that if we were really here to decolonize mm-hmm. and all those other fancy smancy words that they use then why the heck are we paying why am i paying a thousand dollars to sit in a class mm-hmm. to to do all this stuff but you know what we don't say that about french french has so much money mm-hmm. french has so much money and you know you can get like i remember even applying for for to even help me pay for my tuition Mm -hmm. and they were like oh no we don't fund indigenous language programs it's like okay that's so randomly Mm -hmm. specific yeah and it's but i think that you know we talk about like decolonizing and all this other fun stuff but it's like man like our languages are currently (laughs) like being colonized because we are paying to learn them Mm -hmm. something that the government has spent 200 years to try to get rid of now they're like actually we're going to turn it around we're going to give it back to you (sighs) but you have to pay pay." Mm
1: Yeah, I, I remember being so upset because I had like failed that class in University of the Cree. And I was like, I paid to fail my language that was taken away from my ancestors.
0: Like, this
1: is not okay. And I, yeah, I still ended up failing and having to pay for the class again, but.
0: It would, it would nice to see a day where we have these consistent language classes. Like I learned very well in a university setting, but also like being on the land and them being subsidized through like- mm-hmm outside funding mm-hmm. not not put on the indigenous responsibility you know
1: yeah 100 percent. i think that's such a really yeah. valid point to like bring into this because that's also a huge barrier that indigenous people face um with learning their language um and so it's really important to kind of shed light on that so the canadian government if you're listening to this please fund language programs for all indigenous people thank you Would
0: a good thing to be mm-hmm. like that's why this like language series are, is around and it's not only going to be the comeback podcast doing a language series it's going to be a collection of different mm-hmm. podcasts in the Cree language which will be a great resource to utilize mm-hmm. so that and it will be free yeah, yeah. awesome well i'm so yeah. happy awesome
2: oh sorry, sorry. Yeah. no no sorry <laughs> Continue. It,
1: no it cut off
2: and i wasn't sure what you were gonna
1: say <laughs> oh
2: no worries yeah i just had one more thing this mm-hmm. is bash mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> love that
2: i i think that yeah okay when we talk about like but I think that also, like, when we talk about learning our languages, and especially, like, when people automatically recommend universities, I don't think people even realize that it's a barrier for Indigenous people to get even into university. Mm-hmm.
0: Like,
2: also, I think that it's real BS that we got to leave our communities to learn our own language. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Come on now. I think that. I personally also don't like the way that our languages are taught in universities, but it comes down to like, oh, because we're on a curriculum or all this, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That sounds like a bunch of excuses. Personally, I don't see why our languages aren't taught to us. Like, I don't know, like, why aren't we outside? Why aren't Mm -hmm. we on the land? Why aren't we doing indigenous stuff? like? We always say language and cultures go together but it's like you know what i ain't learning my language or really too much of my culture sitting in a classroom Mm -hmm. two hours out of the day in this university that i spent two grand to get into Mm -hmm. well not two grand probably more like 10 grand so i think like as people start recommending universities i think that we also need to really think about that there is a lot of barriers for indigenous people to even get into these universities mm-hmm. so then realistically like language will continue to be gate kept because only a certain amount of people will have access to languages that are specifically tailored to universities so mm-hmm. That's my
0: two cents. And I completely agree with you. And the next people that we have on the podcast in the next coming weeks are both two individuals that I think are a part of a university institution, but also doing, like you, Cree language revitalization on their own time and in different capacities. And we're speaking with Belinda Daniels um, at the end of the month, who runs a land-based Cree language experience. Um, she does online things as well but she she runs a land-based camp out of sturgeon lake and um and that's something i'm very excited to explore is like how she probably saw the same things in the same gatekeeping or the same barriers or knowing the importance of learning the language on the land because it's intrinsically tied to the land and being like how can i gear experiences in language learning for the people that are coming to be rooted in these things that i see valuable and so i think i think you've if you've listened to this podcast and you've listened to sky talk and you completely agree with all of these things, then I think you'll also enjoy the knowledge that our next, our next guests will hold as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it is, has become a very beautiful series that has like been able to flow in and out of each guest. And it's been just wonderful to like hear everybody's point of view and their experience with the language. And it's been wonderful to share this time with you, Sky. And, Mm -hmm. and to have a young, like a younger perspective, I think we're, we're all around kind of the same Mm -hmm. age and we're coming from similar points of views, but different experiences as well. And to have a younger experience, Mm -hmm. being able to modernize the language and make it accessible to TikTok users. Mm-hmm. It's super cool
1: It was really important when we were looking and planning out this series um, that I knew that I wanted to have someone younger um, in our age um, being a guest because you know it really shows that it is possible to relearn your language um, and you know it's it's important
0: mm-hmm So thank you so much, Sky, for joining us today. Um, Do you have um, any final pieces of advice or words for our listeners or anyone trying to come back to their language?
2: Um, Yeah, honestly, like, the only person that's stopping you is you. So
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um, if you're trying to learn Cree, do it, honestly. Or if you're trying to learn your Indigenous language, even if it's not Cree, do it. Like, the only person stopping you is you and then we always get into this idea of like oh like you know our languages are in danger yeah because you ain't learning them. <laughs> enough, go learn your languages like come on say mock like, we can't have endangered languages if we smarten up and learn our language. Damn, like, it can't always just be, like, a couple of us. Come on, smarten up, learn your language.
0: That's that my two cents. Next time I walk past my, my Cree language textbook or my notebooks, I'm just going to hear your voice in my head. <laughs> smarten, up. <laughs> smarten up! Smarten up. Awesome. I want to that's...
1: well again thank you so much and thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in in this special language series we love to have you here and uh through this journey with us
0: yeah and we'll see you next time